Good evening. Welcome to Heroes 101 Radio. Welcome to the only show which is tougher than Iron Man, faster than The Flash, and just plain freaking weirder than Squirrel Girl. I am, as ever, your uh, host from the New York Hero Initiative, Spectre, <laughs> and uh, I'm joined by uh, my lovely co-host, as always, the beautiful Rock from San Francisco. Good evening. Hi, everyone. Hello, hello. Uh, you know what? Every time you bring those intros in, I, uh, you have me cracking up over here. I'm thinking, what the hell? <laughs> <That's great. laughs> you know, I, I literally write those as I'm walking down my basement stairs into the back cave to do this show. <laughs> I literally, they just, they're the kind of, I, I, and every week I say to my wife, what the hell am I going to say to intro this this show? And we throw around some ideas, all of them suck, and then something comes to me 30 <laughs> seconds before it starts. There you go. There you go. It works. Keep doing it. So how are you doing? I am doing really well. I'm doing better than a lot of my best buddies. I keep reading on Facebook because, you know, that's that's modern-day newspaper right there. Is, yeah. Uh, you know, I find out how your friends are doing. Everybody's got a cold, and, you know, everybody's under the weather, and the weather is a bitch. Uh, today we have rainbows, sunshine, and hail, and uh, I'm okay though. I'm I'm knocking on wood. Everybody else is kind of kind of yucky. So how are you over there? Yeah, you know, <clears throat> I, I must admit I, I noticed the same. I, I went to a meeting in Times Square today, and I'm stood outside a building, just just people watching for ten minutes while I was waiting for the thing to start. And um, every like you say, everybody's sick. Like the number of people just coughing and sneezing and just. It, it looked like the beginning of the zombie apocalypse out there, I must say. Um, <laughs> like from Shaun of the Dead or something. Yeah. But, oh, you know, okay. I, I, I don't have time to be sick. It's <laughs> six, six, Being sick for people who can waste a day in bed, I, I can't do that. I've got stuff to do. Right. It, it always reminds me of uh, that scene in Predator, I ain't got time to bleed. Um, you know, <laughs> exactly. All those badasses. I got to tell you though, if you're coughing, okay, you were out in the middle of Times Square, which is outdoors. That's it's not so bad to clear your throat, cough if you have to out there. I was in a grocery store today, and I swear to God, I wanted to put a bag over this lady's head. She was doing one of those, and you know, I'm all about compassion and kindness, but if you're contaminating people, you need to keep your sick ass home, okay? And I know sometimes people don't have a choice, but man, this lady sounded like she was going to cough up a lung, and I thought, you you really shouldn't be out here right now. Yeah. You should be home. This is it, You're coughing all over the produce. This is nasty. So if you're sick, people, stay home, you know, fix your body if you can, yeah. you know? You know, yeah. I, I noticed that in, in Grand Central Station recently, they started putting out announcements telling people to cover their mouth and their nose if they cough and sneeze. And it's like, seriously, you need to tell people to do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, if the zombie apocalypse starts, if it, if it's through an airborne virus, we're screwed. Because yeah. nobody knows how to wash their hands. No one knows how to, you know, cough into their elbow and such. So, yeah, just common courtesies, I'm telling you. You know what, though? There's one thing peculiar to America that I'd never seen before I moved here, and, and it just doesn't exist in Europe, is the vampire sneeze. You know, like into the crook of your arm. That just That's not a thing in Europe. Nobody's seen it before. <laughs> the vampire sneeze. I guess, yeah, that's pretty cool. I never heard it called that before. I'm doing it as I, I speak. The vampire sneeze. Yeah, into the elbow. Yeah. Uh, that's and supposed like, to be better. The elbow of your clothes just end up covered in not and I, I don't know oh, yeah. it doesn't yeah. seem like the greatest idea but maybe it'll catch on over there 
<laughs> now that we've grossed out our audience. <laughs> they're like, we're gone now. Bodily fluids. No, no, no. <laughs> Heroes 101, where we're knee-deep in seminal fluid. Yeah. You know what? That was terrible. I, You know what? We, we might have to edit that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I'm, I'm a little silly today. Anyway, you were saying. Weirder than Squirrel Girl. Yeah, so, so what, have, what have you been up to over there in, in San Francisco? I see you guys have been busy. Uh, you know, we did this video, in case you guys haven't uh, haven't watched it yet. Um, it's on our channel, and our channel, our, or our video, you know, it, it's called Initiative Collective. Um, and it's spelled just like it sounds, Initiative Collective, although I still have trouble spelling initiative, even after all these years. Um, we have, or you can Google in the YouTube search bar, Real Life Superheroes Dance to Promote Project Hope. I know it's a long title, but we had to differentiate it from all the, you know, superhero videos out there. So, Real Life Superheroes Dance to Promote Project Hope. Um, we took the song Uptown Funk by Bruno Mars. And if you haven't heard it, you've been sleeping in a cave for about, you know, five months. Um, it's a fun dance song. And uh, we had a whole bunch of real-life superheroes submit a clip of themselves dancing or lip-singing to it or doing both. And uh, um, I'm not going to mention anyone's name. Anyway, um, some really cool people gave us their clips. And uh, we edited it together and put some info about Project Hope um, in there and uh, put it up just today. It's a pretty fun video. Do you want to tell them what Project Hope is? Uh, you know, just just hearing about the video <clears throat> fills me with dread because, you know, I got home from work and my kids ran up and said, Daddy, Daddy, we saw you dancing to Uptown Funk. And I, I was one of the people living in a cave who had never heard of it. But Geek Pile's beating us up in the chat room, beating us up or off, I don't know, um, saying that we need to say that it's on YouTube. That's our channel, so YouTube Initiative Collective. Um, but, yeah, so my kids come running up to, we, we saw you dancing, Daddy, with a sword and a mask. <laughs> Okay. Um, and you know what? I didn't. I didn't tag you. I was being good. I, didn't, I think you did fine. I. I think I would have liked to have used the whole. In fact, I may put up everyone's whole video later oh. if I get their permission. I know. I know. You just want to. Kill. I think it's great. I think it's. You're very silly. I think you did fine. Everybody, you got it. You'll know who he is. He just said he has a mask on and he's dancing with a sword. This is some good stuff. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. It's really good stuff. But, uh, you know, aside from the fact that I'm a ginger guy and ginger people can't dance and we have no rhythm, it, it, it's a fun video. And uh, <clears throat> like you say, the whole point of this video was to promote Project Hope, which is a humongous, um, a humongous, basically a homeless outreach event in San Diego every summer that goes along with the huge San Diego Comic-Con event where everybody gets dressed up in their various real-life superhero garbs, um, some more fun than others, and um, goes out right. and does a huge homeless handout. Yeah, it's um, it started in 2010, and there were, I think, maybe seven or nine people who went, and it was started by uh, a guy from uh, Minnesota and a guy from San Diego. There was Mr. Extreme of the Extreme Justice League. If you've seen the HBO documentary Superheroes, uh, the main person in that is uh, Mr. Extreme. And uh, it was also uh, made bigger by Razorhawk, Jack Razorhawk Bernati, 
from Minnesota, um, guys who dress up and go out and do good deeds, real-life superheroes. And um, they just brought out some water and some, some food and some basic essentials the very first year. Walked around a few blocks in San Diego. Like I said, maybe seven that year. The next year, which is the year I went, 2011, um, we got up to 35 heroes, which was probably the biggest gathering. No, it was. It was the biggest gathering of real-life superheroes anywhere in the world up to that point. Um, and it was amazing. You met these people, and they felt like instant best friends, old friends, uh, because you all had this affinity of compassion, sweat, you know, just uh, an amazing day. And I, it's grown to 55. That's not a lot of people, but it's not easy for a lot of these people to, to fly into San Diego um, and spend a weekend there, you know, just uh, handing out. We hand out hundreds of supplies. One year, uh, we helped almost 700 people. So um, in the past, this is fifth, the fifth uh, Project Hope now, I, we, we've helped over 2,000 people. That's That's a very conservative number. Um, but it's well into the thousands. So if you guys can make it down to San Diego once a year, it's July 11th. No, I'm sorry, July 10th this year, Friday, July 10th. It's usually on a Saturday, but because of other big events that are going on on that Saturday, um, Razor Hawk has moved it to Friday to accommodate more people. So I'm trying to get my co-host to join us down there because I know he'd have a blast. Hint, hint, subtle hint there. Yeah, I'm going to see what I can do. I, I love San Diego. It's uh, an awesome place to be, isn't it? So, uh, you know, I would do my best to get down there. That's awesome. But, I told you, man. You got yeah, a place to, to hang out and, 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 oh, my God, we would have so much fun. Anyway. It's <laughs> old, yeah. <laughs> um, you know what, though? We, we do have an event that I think we'll talk about in a lot more detail later in the show, which for those people who are desperate to get to hope, but for whatever reason, whether it's work or finances or whatever, they can't make it, we've got a way that they can get involved and have a heck of a lot of fun for nothing. Right. So excited about that. And (laughs) you have to listen into the whole show so you can hear about what that is. Some of you who who are loyal listeners, and welcome back, thank you, loyal listeners, uh, already know what that is, but um, we'll bring that up later. But speaking of gatherings, I I hear you went to something last weekend that looked really slick from the pictures that you posted. (laughs) Man, you know, yeah. So I was at the Philadelphia Comic-Con or the great Philadelphia Comic-Con. And it was great, you know. I must admit, I I don't like going to huge Comic-Cons. Like, you know, I I don't go to the New York one anymore. It's too big. It's it's not even about comics anymore. You know, there's too much there, which is video games and movies and... Um, and it, it's kind of just become this big geek fest, which which is great. But for me, it's too many people, too many lines, huge amounts of money to get there and do anything. Um, so, you know, I, I like to go to smaller ones, to smaller regional ones. Um, and this this was the first ever one in Philadelphia. And uh, it, it kind of sprung off, I think it, there, there's another one nearby called the Allentown Comic Con. And this was kind of an overflow where that grew too big for its uh, base. Um but they had some some amazing celebs there. They had uh, George Takai, Michelle Nichols. They had uh, Walter Koenig from Star Trek as well. So that they had uh, Jonathan Frake, who was Riker in uh, in Star Trek: Next Generation. Um, all the whole cast of Power Rangers, like all of the Power Rangers and all of the villains there. Um, the the guy who did the voice of uh, the, of the Gremlins in the Gremlins movies. Um, and you know the thing I love about these Comic Cons is. 
if you if you go to these small regional ones, like all of the celebs are going to be staying in the same hotel that you are near the con, or or, or even uh-huh. on the con. And, you know, the, the Saturday night we're there just drinking cocktails in the bar with the guy who played the original emperor, Clive Revel from Empire Strikes Back, and uh, and the the woman who was the the bad the the villain with the huge hair from Power Rangers, just sat there opposite each other at the bar having cocktails. Rita. Um, and, you know, hanging outside by a fire pit with a load of guys who run podcasts and cosplayers. and You just you meet some incredibly cool people there. Um, and oh, the reason yeah. I mentioned that is that we, uh, you know, I, I've kind of been trying to network to find uh, awesome people to come on this radio show. And, uh, man, was it a good catch last weekend. <laughs> so, And I'm not going to name names yet because none of it's 100% final, but we have... Um, we have one guy who who has already agreed to come on the show and and said it was an honor but i <laughs> i'm humbled to have him on but uh, this guy uh, was originally a pro wrestler he was he's now a, an actor and a director um but he's one of the the best cosplayers in the country and uh you know when when we reveal him and put up some photos of some of the stuff he's done people will be blown away but um you know, I think as well as the cosplay angle, he's done a lot of charity work, a lot of work for, um, like, independent film. And, uh, you know, he's, he's going to have a ton of interesting stories. I mean, he's met Stan Lee a number of times and, and worked with him. In fact, he, uh, yeah, I'm probably spilling the beans now, but he's worked on an independent Star Trek uh, TV kind of fan fiction show um, starring Stan Lee as the, uh, the, the kind of head of the Galactic Federation. I mean, how how cool is that in itself? What? That sounds... <laughs> well, see, you had me way back when you said George Takei, you know, so <laughs> I'm geeking out and drooling right now. Yeah, and, you know, we've been talking about doing a musical show for a while. I've also found a an independent radio station that got sick of how crappy other radio stations were and just decided, rather than whining about the problem, let's fix it. Let's create our own radio station. And... These guys have built their own traditional radio station, no internet bullshit, you know, traditional radio from the ground up. Uh, They now have a crew, they do 24-7 broadcasting, and they're going to come on our show and and talk to us about how they did it, why they did it, and, uh, you know, just really for the love of the music, I think. So uh, that'll be a fun one as well, I think. It used to be all about the music, man. Um. (laughs) That see these these are going to be fun conversations to have and thank you for networking I love it you go to a comic con and you get us more guests for our show that's wonderful so uh, and, Geek Pile says I hate you Spectre <laughs> therefore you must come <laughs> come on our show this week <laughs> all right you know what there you go okay you know it's a package deal Geek Pile if you're going to invite Spectre okay I'm I'm a uh, I'm tagging along there whether I was invited <laughs> or not got it so. Um, yeah, and speaking of guests, uh, I, I won't. You know, I, I, if you're not ready yet, I, I, I won't bring our guest on. But we all we all know who this is, and I see that they are they are holding. Um, right. But yeah, I'm not going to rush you if you if you've got oh, more man. than you would I, like I to mean, discuss. I mean, our guest, our guest tonight. It doesn't matter whether you're ready or not, right? <laughs> I'm not going right? to say no to that lady. She'd uh, snap me in half like a toothpick. I was just going to say, you know what? Don't you know? You got to be ready anyway, because she'll she'll probably she could beat your ass. I'm oh, sorry, that's a joke. Yeah, I'm sure if she wasn't such a nice person, she could literally snap me in half like a twig. No, <laughs> yeah. you know, you know, at the very first, it's really awesome because at the very first Project Hope that we we're I was talking about is when I met her, and before I met her, and I I know you can hear me, Misfit, because I I uh, 
I, you know, I unmuted you, but uh, I, it's funny, I met her, I, I pictures first, because there started to be a little, you know, some chatting and talking, because, you know, so many of us had never gone to Project Hope, and a lot of us were nervous, and we're, oh my God, we're going to meet other real-life superheroes, and I had only been a real-life superhero, um, I'm doing the bunny ears in the air, uh, for two weeks before the very, you know, the first Project Hope that we went to, and I saw her picture, and she seemed like a nice person, but when I saw her picture online, I'm like, oh, man, this this chick looks scary. You know, she could, like you said, she could break me in half. <laughs> and then I get there, and, and, like, I think everybody said the same thing when they met her, you know, because you expect, like, I don't know why, but I thought she'd be, like, close to six feet tall and have an intimidating voice and just be, you know, scary. Like I said, and then I meet this lady, you know, she's what, five foot and change. And like this smile that I swear is stuck on her face. I don't, I think I've only seen her frown like maybe one time and I've known her since 2011. Um, But she's probably the sweetest person I've ever met. And and I mean that sincerely. Um, She's kind of a mentor. And um Yet when she did a she did an arm wrestling competition with a guy who is six foot something, and I his hands could have swallowed her whole head, but you know I I still think she beat him and she just kind of let him win. But with that, I want to welcome tonight's guest, one of my favorite people out there, and one of the most badass bodybuilders I've ever had the honor of knowing because I you know know so many. Welcome, Misfit. Welcome, welcome. Woo. Hi, Simon. Hi, Rock. Hi, everybody. Hey, <laughs> good evening. Welcome. My face is all red. <laughs> <laughs> that was a hell of an intro, right? <laughs> yeah, I meant thank all you of very, it. very much. Thank you. I, I, I appreciate that. And I I believe that. Thank you. I appreciate it. You know, it's really interesting to me to listen to, um, to you talk about the intimidation factor involved in seeing uh seeing my pictures and um you know how it the muscle i think is probably what translated to a certain level of intimidation right right exactly it's and yeah so i think um and i know that i mean i know that to be the case people um you know people think that I could break them like a twig and <laughs> Simon and, and I'm not you know I'm not at all interested in doing that and um but it is really fascinating and I think that intimidation um uh is definitely a part of the equation when you see somebody who's really physically built um and it's you know got what? its pros and its cons yeah, you, you know what I think as well is it, it's kind of a, a double whammy that, and and I think particularly uh, you being a woman in that world, and and particularly in in competitive bodybuilding, where you know I think traditionally, and, and I guess when I was growing up, it was very much a male-dominated sport. Um, yeah. But um, you know, I think when you look at anybody who is, as you say, very well built, very well sculpted, and as well as as well as the intimidation factor of the fact that they're hugely muscular. Um, there's there's almost like a mental element that you know holy crap this person takes it seriously and has a dedication to what they're doing, and and I think that that kind of comes across as a huge amount of uh, of self confidence and self motivation as well. So you know it's almost like you know the physical aspect and the mental aspect come through in in the pictures. 
Yeah, I, you know, it's a, a really interesting, um, it's an interesting point. You know, you hope, for me, I always hope that uh, what my body represents is just that certain uh, a lifestyle, uh, a certain level of dedication and focus um, to uh, a sport, but more importantly to health and fitness. And, um, you know, I recognize that people uh, may look at, you know, women's bodybuilding as not necessarily sort of this mainstream uh, healthy fitness lifestyle and or sport. Uh, and it is. Uh, you know, weightlifting and working out for women is uh, equally as important for women as it is for men. Uh, and, and the thing about weightlifting and developing your muscles is that it becomes increasingly more important as we get older, and that's true for everybody. You know, so you that's know, the conversation that I like to have with people. It's it's I gotta I gotta chime in here because, um, you know, talking with my my I've got I've got a great doctor um, and I've got a couple and one of them is more homeopathic and she won't give you a prescription before she recommends, um, you know, maybe herbs or um, acupuncture or anything like that and it's you know I don't care if I'm busting myself out here but it's I'm going through some changes at my age and when I heard you say it's just as important for women to work out when I asked my doctor who is my age I asked her um how do you get through this because a lot of my hormonal changes they're scary I mean you can get mm -hmm. fluctuating heartbeats you can get um you know not to mention the moodiness it's the um, everything else. It just it makes you feel like you're dying sometimes. And I asked her, "How do you get through this?" And she says, "I have to work out every day, or at least try to every day." That was her answer. And mm -hmm. I, I got to tell you, and I've, I've shared this with you, Misfit, that 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 has been saving my life lately. So when you say it's just as important for women, I'm going. For me, it's more important <laughs> than it is for the guys in my family. So, yeah, it's why I'm really happy that you're here today. And yeah, you know, and I, I kind of find it interesting as well that, you know, people have these preconceptions about certain types of exercise or certain types of um, fitness routines being suited to, 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 to men or to women or to younger people or older people. But, you know, I, I started in, back in, uh, I guess, October last year. I went along for some charity thing at a, a pure bar class, which is, you know, it was wall-to-wall -wall women. I, I never went to a class where there was another man, and lots of it is about how to make your butt look good and all, all this stuff. But <clears throat> the reason I went to it religiously, like every day for a month, um, was because I was having back pain, and, and a lot of the exercises were about strengthening your core muscles, and it helped me tremendously. And, you know, I, I, I think it, it's pretty close-minded to look at a, a certain form of exercise and say, you know, this is for this person, that's for that person. It, it just doesn't really work that way. I, I think that's absolutely true, and it's such a great point that you raise, Simon. Um, and, and, of course, that's part of the stigma that has come with, you know, partly with women's bodybuilding and or weightlifting. And I think um, for a long time um, there was this perception that women getting involved in sports and athletics was somewhat butch or, you know, the tomboy thing was, somewhat non-feminine, and I, I talked to someone who was an incredible women's athletics uh, sports advocate um, who actually 
is involved in putting on the Arnold Sports Festival every year. And um, this individual started promoting women's athletics in the 1950s, okay? Wow. And he he was involved in putting together the first Olympic track team, women's Olympic track team, which competed in the 60s. And, I, and, and the interesting thing was he will tell you how years back then uh, doctors frowned upon women getting involved in athletics because they were concerned that it would uh, – women couldn't handle it physically. They weren't uh, emotionally capable of getting involved in these type of physical exertive exercises, that it would affect healthy childbearing uh, and would uh, would stunt it or create a problem for women physically, uh, and all of these fears, you know, <laughs> you know, we're talking about. Imagine that all of these fears were uh, highly reported and they were believed, and so women were not involved in sports, you know, in, in his life in his early lifetime, uh, in, in the forties and the fifties, and it got progressively better in the sixties and the seventies and the eighties, and here we are today where women's uh, athletic uh, involvement is starting to exceed male participation in fitness-related activities. Um, and he gave me a, a statistical number this year, because I go to the Arnold Sports Festival every single year, which is an event that has approximately 19 to 20,000 athletes participating in this weekend in multiple different events, everything from martial arts to cheerleading uh, to fitness competitions to CrossFit. I mean, you name it, the event is there. And he said to me we have uh, between 19 and 20,000 athletes, and then we had another 175,000 or so people that came to the weekend. These are, uh, you know, people that were spectators. And I asked him, what the female participation was of those 20,000 athletes. And he said, Denise, this year we were over 65% girls and women participants. Heck yeah. And he blew me away. And I, I said, you have to say that to me again. Every hair stood up on my body. We were having this lunch, and I said, you're kidding me. He said, no, I'm not kidding you. He said, the girl... And female participation in our weekend has exceeded male participation. That's how fitness, athletic, sports-oriented girls and women have become, Uh, which, of course, was music to my ears because we've come such a long way, you know, in 50, 60 years. Uh, And in his lifetime, uh, here's an individual who's, you know, been able to really sort of see a massive change in the trend. Uh, and and the implications of that are really, really far-reaching. Uh, you know, we sort of got involved in that, too. Uh, but, you know, speaking of, of, let's say, weightlifting, which is what I've done for the better part of my life. Uh, I've been involved in bodybuilding and weightlifting, <coughs> resistance training for 30 years. I'm giving away my age here. Well, well, let me ask um, you how how did you start that? Because that's that's I I never asked you in all these years. Uh, well, that's a great question. My my dad, uh, I have no brothers, and my dad um, got into a weightlifting working out kick, uh, 
And I actually remember my dad buying a weight bench and some weights and and lugging the stuff into our apartment. We live in an apartment. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he set it up in the living room, in the middle of the living room, which was the only place where it was fit. Okay. And um, I remember watching my dad lift these weights in the middle of a tiny living room thinking, wow, this is the coolest thing in the world. And I think my mom was pissed. Um, <laughs> but he also had, he had, uh, uh, I think it must have been Muscle and Fitness magazines. Uh, and I was the tomboy of the sisters. You know, I, I wanted to, to dance and I wanted to, you know, I just wanted, I, I dreamt of uh, being like a female version of Spider Woman. I wanted to do gymnastics, all those things, which I I never really did. Uh, but when I saw the magazines and I saw the photos of the fit athletes in those magazines and I saw some of the women who were, you know, we're talking about the 70s, uh, who were not big-time weightlifters but were working out, I fell in love. Um, and and then through going to uh, a performing arts school and, and taking dance in school, um, I had a very athletic build. And I actually met a competitive bodybuilder one summer who said, you have the, you know, the perfect body for bodybuilding. And that sort of started, that was sort of the beginning to the end for me of starting to work out with weight. Um, you know, and I, I immediately envisioned myself as one of those people in those magazines back when I was 13 or 14 years old. And, this, wow. you know, that was the beginning of the trajectory for me. But uh, two or three years ago, I started my mother on a workout routine. Um, my mom is in her upper 60s. And my mom started working out with weights on a circuit with me approximately three years ago. And, you know, I was touting the benefits of weightlifting, and I'm not talking about going in there and trying to lift as much as you can and and all that, just resistance training and and working your muscles uh, to support your entire skeleton because it's your muscles that hold up your body, right? Right. Right. And 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 so as we age what happens is is our muscles atrophy so they shrink. And I always like to use an analogy like if if you think of a plum uh a brand new plum that is coming off of a tree at the beginning of its life it's it's small and it's hard, right? And the the fruit around the pit and the pit will represent our bones, right? The fruit around it <clears throat> When it's young, it's very hard. It's not ripe. That was represented by our muscles, right? So that hard right. muscle, that tight tone muscle, is representing that pit on the inside. And then the outer layer, the skin of that fruit, represents our skin, right, which is over our muscles. Well, as that fruit ages and it ripens, what happens to that fruit? It's the nasty. It becomes a raisin. <laughs> That, well, exactly. Yeah. So it starts to get sweet and it starts to get soft and then it starts to shrink. So eventually it is a raisin and it's barely protecting the pit on the inside. And the skin on the outside, of course, is wrinkled and shriveled up and dry and all that. Well, it's not an incorrect analogy to look at our bodies as though uh, the bone is the pit 
the fruit, the hard fruit is the muscle, and the skin is the skin. And so as we age, just like that fruit, our muscles dry up, they atrophy, they shrink. And so, you know, you'll see somebody who's got this wonderful posture, and it's, you know, when they're younger and they're they're standing upright, and as we age, we start to shrink, and it's because the muscles that hold our our skeleton up are shrinking. And so it's up to us to do whatever we can to slow down that process because it's part of the normal aging process that that happens. And so I explained that to my mom three years ago, and I said, listen, you know, it's not just how long you live, but it's also the quality of life that you have because we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. We don't know if we're going to be gone tomorrow. But let's say, you know, you live into your 80s and your 90s. And with medical advances today, we are living well into our 80s, 90s. And the next couple generations, we're going to be living into our early 100s. Now, the, the thing is, is modern medicine is keeping us alive, right? But we have to mm-hmm. make sure that we do our part to keep our bodies in the best shape we can so that we have a good 80-something-year-old birthday, you know, so that we are living independently and we're enjoying <clears throat> the life that we have. Uh, and, and so with that little talk, I, I got my mom into the gym. And in the last couple, three years, her posture, her muscle tone, everything's different. It's better. So she's aging and improving as she goes. And that's just from, you know, she started off three days a week. Now she's going five days a week, and she does her cardio, so she does a little bit of resistance training. She watches her diet, and she does cardio training. And my mom is better now than she was 10 years ago. Yeah, and you know what? I, I don't want to kind of get morbid about it, but uh, you know, I, I, I'm I'm very aware, as you say, that you know, my I only have one parent left now, and and my dad is, you know, he's he's he turned seventy this year, and um, you know, I, I've always had the same concerns. He may be listening to this now, and he's he started his own exercise regime recently, and cut down on bad things in the diet and got much, much more into cardio and, and kind of hill walking and things that are really going to, you know, push the heart rate up. And, um, and you know, it, it just feels to me as if you're, you're literally lengthening your life, you know, and, and by doing that, you're giving more of your life to the people who, you know, who care about you and, and actually, you know, actually benefiting your family as well as yourself. I, I think it's a hugely important thing as you get older. Absolutely, and you know, if I got my mom into the gym three or so years ago, I got my dad in a year ago. So, and that's how it goes, right? So my mom is gung ho, and and there were so many benefits because it, at the time my mother was also dealing with my aunt, her sister, who was terminally ill, and she was dealing. She was one of the caregivers, and she was dealing with a tremendous amount of stress, and and it was through my desire to help my mother that I said you need a physical outlet you need a place to not not just physically but emotionally release what you are dealing with because you need to be strong at a time when it's really hard to be strong and so so I got my mom in three years ago and and the cognitive benefits of physical fitness there are more and more and more studies that show that physical fitness Exertion, physical exertion leads to better cognition. Your mind works better. Your brain functions better. So it's not just 
physical. It is also uh, your brain function, um, and it's also uh, your emotional state that benefits from this. And, of course, if you're doing better, then everybody around you is doing better, right, because you're living more positively. I mean, I could go on and on and on about the benefits, but it took me an additional two years of gently nagging my dad to get him to come with us to the gym. And then I, I think um, we did a quid pro quo. He wanted something from me last year, and uh, and uh, I gave it to him. But I said, okay, here's the quid pro quo. You have to go to the gym with me um, and mom. <laughs> and so, and that worked. <laughs> nice. And the thing is, though, that it, yes, because I knew that I could lead him to water, right? But I wasn't going to be able to make him drink. And I thought, look, I'm doing my part. I'm going to get him there. I'm going to show him what to do. Get them started, and hopefully it'll take. And um, you, you may have seen me post about this from time to time. Uh, I said, Dad, go Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That's all I ask. And, and here's what you should do. I want you to get on the treadmill. Try to go 30 minutes on a moderate pace. I, I don't want you to overexert yourself. I don't want you to go too slow, just a comfortable pace. And then I want you to do... 30 minutes, 20 to 30 minutes on a circuit, and I want you to hit each muscle group, and then you'll be done. So if you're investing, you know, maybe an hour, an hour of your day, three days a week, we'll get you going. And my dad has diabetes and runs in the family, and it's pretty bad, and is also suffering from um, arthritis, really uh, rheumatoid arthritis that is making things very painful. So in the year and a half, I think now that he's been working out, they went from three days a week. They decided together without me, we're going to go five days a week. Now my parents are doing it together five days a week. And when I called to check on his progress and I said, why did you go from three to five days a week? Of course, I'm doing a jig in, in the you know my office. He doesn't know it. Um, he says, because, because I get so stiff, Denise, if I don't go to the gym in the morning, that I realize that in order for me to do all the things I want to do around the house and whatever, he's got his projects, that i got to go to the gym. And I said, wow. I said, so it's really helping me with your arthritis. And he says, yep. So now your mom and I go five days a week, and we might even add a sixth day because yeah. I get... I, and so and that was the first really wonderful bit of success that I got from my dad. And and then, you know, about five months ago, four months ago, we talked again, and I said, how's everything going? Are you going to the gym? What are you guys up to? And I said, yes, and I just got reports back from my doctor. His cholesterol levels are better. His sugar levels are better. And he's really been able to see not just physically and emotionally and mentally, but also on paper that his efforts are being rewarded from a medical standpoint, which has been really, really terrific. So I hope your dad is listening and, um, and he sticks with it because it's going to just, it's just going to make his, his life that much better. Yeah, and you know what? I, I think you know. I, I I know you said that you could go on all day about the about the benefits, but for me personally, I, I find when I stop exercising, and, and and I do regularly during the winter, which is a, a big mistake. But uh, when I stop exercising, 
mentally I, I feel the impact of that as well. You know, my stress levels mm-hmm. go up. I, I feel irritable and not, you know, nowhere near. I don't feel like myself, I guess. And getting yeah. back into, I mean, I do a lot of cardio now, but kind of getting back into that, I feel like so much of a better person. And, you know, I, I think it's like the old, it, it sounds like a cliche from a bad martial arts movie, but like, a, you know, the healthy body, healthy mind thing is it's hugely important. Yeah, I, I mean, there's just no question about it. Um, there are so many residual benefits, and it's really, uh, you know, I say this day in and day out, it's really hard to uh, make people understand. Um, and, you know, the other thing is, is that I know that people have lots of great reasons for not being able to get the workout in or go to the gym. Um, you know, I see a lot of these memes online and these graphics that show, you know, an athlete with physical challenges getting it done, and, and you know, and then there's this text that says, "What's your excuse?" Like it's sort of this in-your-face challenge, and that that doesn't really work for me because I think people have legitimate tough schedules. They have families. They have, you know, they're trying to make ends meet. They're trying to do it all, and they have legitimate good reasons for not carving out that time for themselves because that's really what it is Um, and we get too used to it. Um, But what I always think is I know you have good reasons why you can't, but I'm going to give you better reasons why you can and why you should and you really need to because it's not just your life you're affecting. You said it's about your dad. It really is your life and the lives around you because as you aspire, you inevitably inspire. Yeah, you know? yeah, I, mean, I, I agree, yeah. Which is the I, community that we're in all the time, you know. Uh, I, so. You know what? You, uh, you're inspiring. I honestly, if, if we didn't have stuff to do after this show, I, I'm going, I got to go to the gym. I didn't need to go to the gym today because we were running out of and I'm going, I got to go, dude. I, I because you talked about it like it was oh before we before we get deeper into this I I think we've had a caller who's been really patient and um, Specter it's weird while you guys were talking uh, the power in our home went down because we have like like all this weird storm weather that that's been rolling oh. through and suddenly everything yes I'm on my phone now but my my computer's back it's, it's booting up now again um, but I believe that we had a caller uh, hanging on in the chat room with a question. Would, do you feel like taking a question? Yeah, let me, uh, let me plug them in. Uh, Thank you, Spectre. Hey there, caller. You're on the air. Who are you? Oh, caller. Did hey. we lose our caller? Oh, we call. Oh, they just dropped. Okay. Oh, they just dropped. Oh, darn, because they were on for a while and then came back. They were holding for a good few minutes. Okay. For well, a good few I'm minutes. I'm sure they'll yeah. be back. They'll probably be back, so that's good, you know. Um, yeah, they. I think they really wanted to talk to you. <laughs> but um, because, like like us, they probably have so many questions. And, you know, I was going to ask you, that's one of the main things. I, I, even when we talked all this time, I didn't ask you, how many days do you think a person, I mean, is it different for everybody, or do you have a set amount of days that you think um, would be beneficial to everybody to, to hit the gym if you're going well, to the gym? But that's a really good question, and um, I think that ideally you should try to commit three days a week to getting a workout in. I think ideally, and, and and that's no, that's that's the minimum I think, and because 
you know, the first question I ask people who talk to me about working out is, okay, well, what what are your goals? Because until until I know what that is, then I can't give you any real advice, right? And, you know, usually the response is the same, even though I say, what are your goals? Um, usually people want to drop some body fat. They want to lose weight first and foremost, um, and which I – uh, define as dropping body fat, and they also want to tighten and tone, and they have very specific areas of their body that they would like to sort of focus on, whether it's abdominals or, you know, for men and women alike, or it's the legs or it's the back or their arms. There are some very specific things that people are interested in. It's pretty universal. Um, but so so that's the first question. What are your goals? And... Um, how much time in your schedule can you realistically commit to giving to a workout routine? Because when you know how much time you can legitimately give, if you say, okay, well, you know, I got kids and I got work and I this and that, well, I could give, you know, I can go three days a week, you know, and then I can go for an hour. And and my thing is, is okay, let's try to fit together a workout routine that's going to take into consideration your lifestyle, what your time allotments and allowances are so that we set you up for success and not failure. Ideally, you're getting in at least three days a week. You're going into the gym. And if you're a person who wants to lose body fat, you want to lose weight, and you want to tighten and tone, which is what most people want to do, you need to go into the gym, and ideally you're committing somewhere around an hour and a half time. And the way I would recommend you do that is if you want to lose body fat, lose weight, you have to get involved in doing a cardio workout. That's the best way to burn body fat and lose weight. Do cardio. You want to burn that body fat that you have on your body. And the way to do that is by doing a cardio session, whether it's on a treadmill or a bicycle or a stepper or a combination of those things, or you're going outside and you're walking in your neighborhood or you're hiking hills. You really, if you can invest minimum 30 minutes, ideally 45 minutes in the cardio round daily, you're going to see your body fat drop. And you're not going to burn lean muscle in the process. You're not going to tap into lean muscle in the process. And, and it's, an important, it's an important thing to say that you don't want to tap into lean muscle because the more lean muscle you have on your body, the higher your metabolism is. So we really want to preserve lean muscle while you're losing weight as much as possible. Yeah, you know, that, that was something I, I wanted to ask your opinion of. And, and you know, for me personally, I, I I was always one of those stick-thin, skinny kids who had high metabolism, and I could never put on weight. I could never put on muscle either, but I never got fat. And then, Yeah, yeah, like, shut up. Like everyone else, I got into my 30s, and, you know, year after year, it piles on. And um, so I guess a few years ago, I started running, and, and running for me was great. It was free. It was easy. I didn't need any equipment. It cost me nothing. So mm-hmm. great. But what I found was I'd run, and I'd lose pretty much any muscle I had on my arms. My legs would become these Hulk-like monsters, 
and my belly would still be as fat as it ever was. So I'd get this weird frog-like figure after a year of running. And I mean, my cardio was through the roof. I was very, very healthy. But in terms of the way I looked, I didn't look anywhere near what I wanted to look like after putting in, you know, six days a week of, of exercise. I'm I'm so glad you brought that up because a lot of people, and I I thought this, you know, many years ago too. A lot of people when they want to lose weight and and it's just weight. It's weight on a scale. People don't think about the quality of the weight that they lose. Just like we don't think about the quality of the food we consume. And there's right. a difference between quality. Quality is important. What are you getting out of what you're consuming? Because food is fuel. They're tools for your body to utilize to operate. And we don't look at it that way because food is just kind of like that warm and fuzzy thing that we love to do. And we don't think about its actual function in the body and its purpose uh, besides making us happy. But um, when when you're running, you're you're in an anaerobic state and you're in oxygen depth more likely than not. And so your body, your heart is uh, accelerated and your body needs a faster burning fuel source. And the quickest burning fuel source is going to be sugar, glycogen. And once that's expended, then your body's going to tap into lean muscle for fuel. You're not going to be tapping into the amount of body fat that you hope to when you're running. In order to tap into lean body fat, you need to do a low-intensity or moderate-intensity exercise for a higher duration. It's the opposite. So that's the problem with running. A lot of people feel like, well, I'm going to run, I'm going to lose weight. You are going to lose weight, but you're going to lose, you're going to lose lean body mass probably two to one of body fat, and you're going to end up holding on to more body fat and losing lean body mass and dropping your metabolism, which is usually the opposite of what you want to do. If you ever, if you ever look at marathoners, you see they're lean, but they're also, they really don't have a lot of muscle on their body either. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was yeah, just going to say know, I was that. The same. Yeah. I, like after a year of running, I, I, I dropped down nearly 50 pounds and, and you know, I, I felt great. But like you say, I was just skeletal in terms of my, my form, you know. Right. And so, you know, for people who like to run, because some people, they, lo- they love running. I mean, there's something, you know, there's the, the there's something very euphoric that comes out of it. Your body's releasing um, a lot of hormones that are really fantastic. There's sort of that runner's high that you get, and it's because of the hormones mm-hmm. that your body's releasing, the endorphins. These are all great things for you, and you get those rushes through different types of workouts. It's not just running, but they call it the runner's high. And so there are people that I talk to, like you, who would have come to me when I had my training business, you know, 10, 15 years ago and would say, Denise, I eat everything. I can't put on lean muscle. You know, a lot of times it's the younger guys. I train. I work so hard. You know, I've, I've upped my calories by 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 calories a day. I'm stuck to the gills. And it's always it's really interesting for me because I always make that person write down, okay, tell me everything you eat. I want to see it. I want to look at it. And I know the answer going in. The problem is that they're not consuming enough protein. They're not consuming enough pure protein, which is what the muscles on your body are made up of. So you can consume fats and you can consume carbs and you can consume sugars and you can consume all that, but if you're not getting the building blocks of muscle in the way you need to, you're not going to build lean muscle. 
you're just going to, when you're working out, you're just going to keep tearing it down and you're not giving your body the protein and the, the amino acids that it needs to build new, stronger, better, thicker, fitter muscle. And so that's usually the problem. And I bet, Simon, your problem was that you weren't consuming enough protein and you were doing too much running. And and, and, and so the answer to to that is I, I usually tell people if you really love running, and I get it, then do HIIT training. Do um, jogging, walking, and sprint. Jogging, walking, and sprint. And, and then sort of just cycle what you're doing so you're doing intervals. So you're not just running the whole time, but you're getting sort of that high, low, high, low, and, and you're getting the benefit of the running that you enjoy doing, but you're not tapping into uh, just lean muscle for fuel. You're working right. a little bit more efficiently, and you're getting both benefits, and you're also enjoying that runner's high, that exertion that you're getting. Yeah, and, and I mean, it's funny you mentioned the, the whole diet thing, because at the time I was doing this, my wife was um, was on a, a, a vegan diet kick, and, and, you know, we ate extremely healthily, but not necessarily high protein. And uh, oh, yeah. the moment we switched to that diet, I found I had just injury after injury, you know, calf muscles pulled, just... And, and the recovery time from those injuries went through the roof. Um, and, and, you know, I think the one thing I learned from that is that you've got to listen to what your body's telling you. And, and that, you know, often when you crave things like steak, when you're in recovery of something, you know, you may not need specifically steak, but your body's trying to tell you something and you should listen to that. Absolutely. And, and, and um, you know, I know there are a lot of people that are vegan and they – swear by it and there's you know a lot of people that are on a variety of different diets the paleo diet and um my lifestyle is very specific it always has been for my sport but i always think about future health longevity mobility um quality of life these are the things that i'm focused on as an individual and that i like to make people think about and that i'm focused on enhancing that's my goal um and you have to have you have to have pure proteins, and for people that are on vegan diets, you know, I I always used to say you have to if you know if you're not doing meats, if you're not doing poultry, can you do fish? Because fish is wonderful. Can you do egg whites? Egg whites are wonderful. Uh, they're pure proteins. Uh, can you do whey uh, protein drinks? There are a lot of really great whey protein drinks. Um, that almost anybody and everybody could benefit from, you know, because, you know, you can consume uh, the the proteins that you need, the branched chain amino acids that you need to, you know, help with recovery and to get these nice-toned muscles. Um, But it is easier if you have a, a protein supplement that allows you to do it in a more efficient way, uh, and that also is utilized by your body more efficiently too. And so a good protein powder with some branched-chain amino acids in it are a really, really good supplement. And that's usually the one thing I recommend to everybody. Yeah, so okay. the protein number's up. When you when – because, you, um, you know, I, I forgot to tell you that I made, a, I made this awesome blueberry coffee cake um, with, like, the healthiest – I used the protein powder, just to let you know. And oh, the funny thing, yeah, yeah, and we didn't use um, sugar. We sweetened with um, natural stuff instead, and um, 
we found that we weren't as hungry afterwards. And I'm going, really? Really? Is it because of the protein powder? Is that you know, the protein mm-hmm. holding us? In? And it was, it worked. So I've I've got other recipes that uh, that I've got to try with this this protein powder. So it's pretty exciting. Um, I was going to ask you because you br- brought up longevity. And, you know, you're thinking about and how you brought your parents in. And now I want to ask you about the opposite end of the spectrum because our son is going to be 12 this year. And he can, when we go to the gym, he can, after 12, he can't be in the daycare part of it. They said, mm-hmm. well, at 12, we kind of encourage them to get their own membership. What do you think about that? Do you think that that's good for kids? Um, I, sure, he's not going to go in weight train, but... Um, I don't know what treadmill maybe. What do you think of that? Well, you know what? Here's the, here's the thing. Um, when I was growing up, at uh, his age, I was climbing monkey bars. I was running around like a maniac, chasing my cousins. <laughs> they were chasing me. I was, you know, climbing fences. I was. We are designed to be physically uh, active, and so you know whether you're taking them to the park or. Even in a gym environment, um, I wouldn't get caught up with, you know, exactly what you're doing. But I think it's a great idea for kids to work out, to be physically active, to run, to climb, to push, to do sit-ups, to do push-ups. What it does for their growing bodies is fantastic. What it does for them emotionally, I think, is, is equally as fantastic and important. And again, Rock, what they're showing is that the cognitive changes in the brain with physical fitness is incredible. And I'll tell you this, and I might have mentioned this last time we met. I met up with the people that started the CrossFit Kids. You know, CrossFit's very big, but they started a CrossFit Kid Camp. Oh, and awesome. part of it, yes, it is. And part of their this particular group, uh, they're up in uh, Pomona, I think. Part of what they do with their after school program is they take kids through this CrossFit, you know, jumping, lifting, pull-ups, and, you know, the whole nine yards, um, and running around, you know, the building and back a couple of times, and they really get these kids worked out. But, and, and then after they're done with their workouts, they sit them down, rehydrate them, and the kids do homework, and they do schoolwork. And the ability to concentrate on schoolwork, the ability to focus on it and to work out problems and do their schoolwork has been shown to be elevated following a workout. Nice. Well, there you go. (laughs) Yep. So I have to share that with you and any other parent that's listening. And if you do any Googling and researching, I think you will find um, that there are studies that show uh, at any age the classroom is better as a result of physical fitness activity. So, yeah. Wow, that's huge. Right? I And, I, Specter, I know you've got uh, kids, too, who, you know, are are close to my son's age. So it's that's really encouraging to know. I'd love to have him there. You know, for one thing, I think he would inspire me. You know, do it a little yeah. more, Mommy. Yep, yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Exactly. Yeah. Excellent. Um. Spectre, I, I know that you and I both had a, a list of questions uh, for for Denise, and and yes, that's her that's her real name. Miss Fit is her real life superhero name for, for those who are wondering why am I calling her Miss Fit, and then going back to Denise, and, and yeah, her, her name is 
is obviously we're not making up names here. I, I think right, John. Blown our, <laughs> no. our secret identities open. <laughs> open right. So anyway, haven't we? We're down. So exactly. Right. And you know, I, um, I know that when I'm in the gym, okay, since I just start, because for me, I feel like a beginner all over again. I don't care about the martial arts training or anything like mm-hmm. that. It doesn't matter. Right now, I feel like a beginner. So with that in mind, and I know you said you have to know someone's goals and such um, and how many days a week, you know, that they should be there, et cetera. Um, I, I, I echo what Spectre said about listening to your body and we'll push it a little more. We're doing uh, a circuit type of training like you were talking about. But I think, is it is it right that if your form starts to screw up, then then that's pretty much as many reps as you can do when you see that you're not doing it with proper form anymore? Is that a good rule? Yes. You know, if, if you know, you're you're pushing yourself and you're working hard and uh your your form starts to go all haywire, then right. you you've worked um to failure. And a lot of people really they're not happy with their workouts unless they feel like they've worked to failure. So oh, wow. in, the, in that situation, you need a spotter. Ideally, you're not working by yourself. So there's a couple of different ways. If you're training by yourself, you know, you might want to be a little more conservative with respect to, you know, if you're doing a pull-down or, a, or a, a bench press or any kind of exercise. If you have a good spotter, then you can work to failure and you have somebody watching you. And um, But form is really important. And I'm a stickler for form because... Um, the last thing you want to do is go into the gym and get hurt just when you're getting on a roll. Um, yeah. you, want, you don't want to pull a muscle. You don't really want anything that's going to discourage you from going to that next workout. And, I, you know, I see that a lot and I cringe um, because it's just, it's just not worth it because a pulled muscle or an injury or a tweak will set you back, you know, two, three, four weeks and maybe six months before you get back on track because it's it's easy to fall off. And so I'm a stickler for form. It's not about how much you lift or how much you do. It's really about how you do it that's really, really important. And you need to give your body an opportunity to, um, I'm going to say, wake up. Because if you haven't gone to the gym in a while, you know, you go in there, and a lot of times we go in and we're gung-ho. We're ready to just, like, really get into it and go hard you know, and go into beast mode, which, you know, you see a lot online. Um, <laughs> and and the thing is, is that uh, you, you don't want to go into beast mode and, um, you know, and then be in trouble for the next several days. Uh, so form is more important than anything else uh, because you want, to, you want to prevent injury. And you will see that your body, consistency is the key to success in anything you do, whether you're a guitar player Right, or uh, a martial artist, or whether you're, you know, taking trig, or you know, whatever it is you're studying to be or or want to do, uh, consistency is really the key because um, your success is accumulative. Your results they're accumulative. You're not, you know, you're not going to learn how to do anything in a day. Um, and practice is, and ritual is what is the essential part of building skills and success. Uh, and so you have to allow yourself 
to have that daily success. And for, for me, it, it might have been, you know, I went to the gym on Monday, I pat myself on the back, I got a workout in, I got it done. Tomorrow I go back in, I get that workout in, I pat myself on the back. And if it's not, you know, your top beast mode workout, so what? Um, as long as you're doing thing pro- things properly and you're getting it done, your body will, will reward you. Um, and it is accumulative. So form is one of the most important things that you need to focus on while you're in the gym. Yeah, and I uh, must admit, yeah. for me personally, I, I, that was something that took me a long, long time to learn. And I, I think because, you know, growing up, I wasn't big, I wasn't strong, I wasn't fast, I wasn't particularly coordinated. And, you know, in, in martial arts classes, which was my sport of choice, um, I, I, the only thing I was good at was having the guts to stick at things for longer than other people, was just mm-hmm. being too stubborn and stupid to give up when other people quite rightly said my body's had enough of this. And um, and I would constantly injure myself. And, and my um, actually one of my the best sense I, I ever trained with, a, a guy called Junior Senior from uh, Jamaica who uh, ran a club in, in the U.K. called uh, Slough Cobra's Kickboxing. And, and, I mean, these guys, you can look on the website and they've got – championship belts on every wall i mean they're they're an awesome Mm -hmm. awesome competition club um but he would say to me every single session uh train don't strain you know that was his mantra um and and also actually you know it kind of reminded me and and there was there's probably nothing scientific behind this but based on what you were saying earlier on um he, he kind of had a theory that um, if, if you want to, if you want to improve yourself, you've got to train three times a week, and as you say, it's got to mm-hmm. be an hour and a half, three times a week. That was his, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And, and he basically said, if you train two times a week, you'll maintain the status quo. You won't improve; mm-hmm. you'll get worse. If you train one time a week, uh, you're going to get worse week after week. You can put in as much effort mm-hmm. once a week as you like. You're not going to go anywhere. You're just going to atrophy over time. Um, and it, you know, it, it kind of reminded me of that when you said it earlier. I, I think he's absolutely right about that, and um, I, I, I really do. I, I think three three times a week is is something that is going to legitimately pay off for people. Um, and you know, if, I always end up negotiating with people. How much can you give me? <laughs> how, much time, how much time can you give me? Which really means how much time can you give yourself? Um, yeah. And. And the thing is, it pays dividends. It really, really does um, in in ways that I could, I could tell you about, but until you feel it for yourself, you don't, you know, you don't really understand it. And of course, working out with a buddy or a friend or you know a significant is always uh, really good too. Because if you have somebody who you know you're going to call up and say, I just don't feel like it, and that other person is jumping up and down, like, oh yes, we will. Um, that's really good too. <laughs> Um, you know, uh, you have somebody to inspire you, motivate you, and whatever. And it's the other benefit to going to a facility if you can, if you can go to a gym. Um, I call myself uh, a gym voyeur. <laughs> I, I'm, to- I'm a total gym voyeur. There's something about watching people work out that just gives me such great pleasure. <laughs> and... Um, and I think that the bottom line is that I know that it's good for them. And and I just know how, how really wonderful it is what they're doing for themselves and for their families and their loved ones, et cetera, um, and society at large. Um, 
and so I really love watching. And when I watch people come into the gym who are new or, you know, you can tell they're just getting started or um, might be overweight or might look like they're out of shape or whatever, I um, I just I just love watching them the most. I try not to because, you know, I think people feel self-conscious when they go into a new gym. I know I, I do. Um, but, uh, you know, I take a moment to go over and say hello and introduce myself. And, you know, if I see them working out, tell them, I you know, you may not feel it, but you really do look good sweating. And to let people know <laughs> that there is, and, and it's, I really feel that way. I say that with all honesty. There is something so cool about watching somebody go after that improvement, you know, it's like listening to somebody practice on the violin. You know, you just know they're going somewhere. And uh, so a, a gym also provides really positive reinforcement and a certain amount of energy that you can feed off of as an individual who maybe stress or don't you don't really feel like it or whatever. Um, you go into the right gym and you just pick up that energy and it makes you move in a really positive way, too. So I, if you could do it, I recommend it. Yeah, I, I've got a question to ask, like I said, still being a beginner. Um, and by the way, uh, because of just what you said, it's, it's you know, it's better when you've got a friend who's going, no, you know, we're going, let's go. It's There are five of us now here. Spectre, all all five of us joined, joined the gym, the same gym. Okay. So there's always, Fabulous. yeah, I'm, I, I'm so freaking stoked and, for me, I'm I'm happy to have because that was my biggest thing. I I like doing anything with another person, and just that's the way yeah. I'm wired. The the question I had for you is, we all go in there, you know, we see everybody who looks like they know what they're doing. Would you recommend spending some time with a personal trainer and paying a personal trainer for a few sessions so that, you know, back to the whole form thing because you know, like even in martial arts, they they tell us you're only as good as your basics. So do you recommend going in um, and talking to a trainer or is there some website that would help or what sources can help you keep proper form? That's a really, really great question. And um, so here's the thing. A good personal trainer um, is really invaluable uh, because they can set you on the right path and make sure that you're doing things properly. Um, and I have to qualify a good personal trainer because um, you know, you really sort of, if they look the part, that's a good indication. It's not <laughs> always 100%. Uh, it's, not, it's not always 100% the, the absolute indicator. Um, not everybody trains smart. A lot of people train hard, but it's really important to train smart because you're going to get where you're going a lot faster. It's kind of like, you know, getting directions versus, you know, figuring it out uh, while you're on the road. Um, I'm going to look to see if there are any good uh, online resources for beginning training um, that I can share, um, you know, like for routines and stuff like that. And um, I will actually also invest time in putting together a great beginner training um photos and mini videos that I'm going to start posting. Um, I think so that, that people, is 
That's fabulous. I was just going to ask you, but I know you're the busiest person in the world, but I was like, but I know that if I went down to L.A. and spent a weekend with you showing me what to do, I could, you know, um, come out of there going, I know proper form now. But it'd be so much easier <laughs> if you could do that, if you could do some mini videos going, hey, don't extend, overextend this or that. That'd be so fantastic. Yeah, totally. And um, actually, G-Man and I have talked about that. I'm pretty excited about uh, doing videos in the gym using very specific equipment. And there's, you know, you were talking about the martial arts basics, right? And and that's the mm-hmm. core foundation for an overall healthy, fit, uh, top-to-bottom workout. Um, and that's what I like to teach, the basics. Here's your foundation. The rest of it will fill in as you get bigger, better, stronger, more comfortable, that's, your body starts to shrug that off because that's what happens. You know, eventually your body, your body adapts so quickly to what you're doing because it gets stronger. It recognizes exercises. It recognizes range of motion. Um, that, you know, you'll need other exercises. So the foundations are essential, and, and we're going to shoot uh, the basic, you know, back workout, chest workout shoulder workout, arm workout, leg workout, so people know what those basics are and what they look like and what to look for and what to look for as far as what they're feeling. Uh, And I also um, am committed to doing a home gym version of that uh, so that if you don't have all this, you know, if you don't have access to a facility, if you don't have the money to invest in, you know, expressive membership somewhere or, or wherever you are, that you can... Uh, do it at home with real basic tools and still get it in. Um, so we are going to do that. We're committed to doing that. Um, and, uh, and in the meantime, I'm, I think I'm going to dig around for some options as well online that might be great places to look. Um, um, you can't see me, but I'm dancing in my chair right now. I'm going, yeah, okay. I can't wait to see you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. It's Myself, um, so yeah, cool. Um, realize that we have 15 minutes left, and there is a there's an event coming up um, in Tennessee that I think that we need to to have Denise talk yeah. about before we forget, because uh-huh. that's that's a big thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so they, uh, you know, we do the St. Uh, Jude Warrior Dash run every year in Northern California, and we've done that two years in a row, and it's been fantastic with our core team members. Um, but this year they canceled the Northern California event, um, which we were pretty sad about. And um, and then in trying to figure out what we were going to do um, and looking at the schedule, I, what I recognized was that they moved the final event of the year um, to uh, to Tennessee, and so Warrior Dash just uh, decided that the last Warrior Dash of the year was going to be in Tennessee, which makes sense because that's where St. Jude the Hospital is located. And um, I had this epiphany, and, <laughs> and uh, I thought, okay, I think it's time for the Misfits to hit the road and to go to Tennessee. We can't stop now. We have to do we have to try to get the team to Tennessee for the Warriors Ash this year, and um, and then maybe we can also use that as an opportunity to go as a team to visit the hospital and do a tour of the hospital so we can get to see all the amazing work that they're doing hands-on. And 
And um, so that's the commitment we made. I called our core team members, uh, old school, who is now living in Memphis, um, which was one of the things that I, I took as a sign, um, <laughs> who uh, who I talked to and who will be trying to build a grassroots team in Tennessee because uh, I think that's important. And uh, I talked to a lot of our, you know, three-year people um, from Northern California and Southern California about uh, doing this in six months, knowing that if I gave people enough time, hopefully we could all make it there. And uh, and so we're committed to doing it. We're committed. We can't. We don't feel like we can stop now. And so we're going to be doing the St. Jude's Warrior Dash again uh, on October 10th in Tennessee. And uh, I just want to invite anybody who's in the vicinity, you know, adjoining states or outside, to to run with us and to join our team if they're interested in doing it. We, you know, we'd love to have a great big Misfits for Life team in Tennessee with us this year. Yeah, you know, I'm shooting for that. So that's six months. It's six <laughs> months worth of training at the gym trying to get ready for it so <laughs> yeah yeah because yeah. so i'm I know, excited about it <laughs> yeah you know i am too and um the fact that it's it's closer it's closer to nashville right so i can you imagine just all the uh, uh the sightseeing that you can do while you're out yeah. there yeah it's about an, an hour and a half away from nashville um that's not and, bad yeah, it's not bad at all. Uh, maybe a little bit less than that. And then um, Memphis, of course, is four hours away from the run site. Um, but so you know, we're sort of we're looking at the logistics and starting to do the homework. We're waiting to hear back from um, the head fitness coordinator at St. Jude, who knows Misfits for Life well. Um, and uh, to see what we can do logistically and how we can make it easier for our core team to make it out, um, and um, and hopefully, you know, you know, spend some time even with old school and and go to Memphis. And so, yeah, I uh, have I have visions of bands in my head. Oh hell yeah, exactly. You know, and and for those of you listening, when she says old school, that's a a, a real life superhero, really awesome guy who used to live out here in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, he's the reason that we do our our uh, used needle pickups in the city. Um, he started us doing that, and then he moved to Memphis, and he's just doing all kinds of awesome things down there. So the chance to go visit old school again is 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 worth the trip. You know, out there. So and then uh, he did yes, the Warrior Dash. With us. Yeah, he, he did. That's he, right. he, he did, when did it? 2013, 12, something like. That. I think it was he 12. Did the, yeah, 12. He did the first year um, with us. Yeah. And then he then he moved to Memphis. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah, he was gung ho. I called him up and I said, "Okay, it's all on you." <laughs> yes. I said, um, I said to him, "Look, it's happening in Tennessee. You're in Memphis. Uh, you know, can." can we build a grassroots team there and can I try to talk, you know, and he said, I'm in, you know, he's, um, yeah, he's awesome. I'm pretty excited about, about doing this and, and pushing, uh, pushing those efforts forward. Yeah. Now, I, mean, I'm, I, I was literally just Googling flights to Memphis and I, I, I'm pretty yeah. sure I would like to make it down there to be part of the team. 
Please do that. I was just going to say something to you, Spectre. I'm like, now, Spectre, you're quiet over there. I was just about to say, and you read my mind. (laughs) I've been wanting to do one of these things for a long time, so I I would love to do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, man, you'd have the mud. (laughs) So much fun. I didn't think I'd enjoy it because I don't like being too dirty. I mean, it's, it's fun once in a while, but, man, once you hit the first, once you hit the first dirty pit, whatever it is, and you're dirty, you're going, all right, I'm in it. I'm in it now. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and, but, and, you know, I've never seen anybody jump into anything the way you do and with such enthusiasm <laughs> and courage and joy uh, like you do. You know? <laughs> so, I, I, I mean, I really, I mean, I really never, never. So um, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Ah, like, <laughs> uh, no, no, it's fun. I, it, yeah, I'm really hoping that they have a lot of mud this year because that's seriously. I, you know, it's it's supposed. I don't know if it's actually considered. Is it called a mud run or just Warrior Dash? It's a it's a mud run. It's um it's a five k mud run. Um, of course, obstacle course, and um, yeah, you know what? When I was when I was thinking about Tennessee, the first thing I did was I, you know, I got out. I was having this vision while I was in the shower, by the way. I'm thinking about the dates and I'm gnawing at this problem. And I'm thinking, I don't know if you guys ever do that. I'm thinking, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? We can't stop now. Are we going to stop? Are we really not going to do this? What are we going to do? And my mind is going. And then I think to myself, oh, wait a minute. Tennessee, Memphis, old schools in Memphis. Wait a minute. Maybe maybe it was seven months away. I can talk to the team. They're probably going to want to kill me. But actually, I know these guys. And then the next thing I did was I pulled up the map and I thought, okay, what are the adjoining states? And I started looking in Georgia and Alabama and Kentucky and uh, Carolinas are adjoining, and I know people in all of those states. And then I thought, okay, Georgia, there's probably maybe a hero or two. Um, I think Crimson is in Georgia, right? Yeah, yeah, Crimson's right there. He's in Atlanta. So he could easily join up. He said a couple of years ago he's been wanting to do one, and I thought, so my wheels just started turning, and I thought, okay, the first thing I have to do is talk to the core, you know, team. And uh, and then, uh, of course, I thought about you, Spectre, because, you know, we talked about, you know, you talked about doing one of those things in New York, and I thought, hmm, is that too far? Is that close enough? It's better than Northern California. <laughs> so I've been doing the math for a while now. Yeah. That would be great to have you join us. Oh, it would. Speaking of having someone join us, I I, I, I think we've got a, a Misfits a Better Half on the other side, you know, on the line with us now, don't we? Hey, White Scorpion, is that you? Yeah, hey, guys. Hey. hey. <laughs> We're picking your so wife's go- braid. So. Who's going to Tennessee? I'm going to Tennessee. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're getting dirty. I got six yeah, months nice. to get ready. <laughs> nice. We're yeah, gonna go so. to. Uh, we're gonna go to the hospital. We're gonna go to the Grand Ole Opry. We're gonna go to Pulaski. What's that? To what? Race. What's Pulaski? Race the race. The race is in oh. Pulaski, Tennessee. Oh! Oh! Wow! I didn't know that. Sweet. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's the home of the first Ku Klux Klan. Holy crap! <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a plaque there's a plaque there. I think I'm gonna go take a piss on it. 
Oh my god. I think that's going to be a group photo. Back. Oh yeah, God. yeah, yeah. Who's, who's in? <laughs> I, I, I want to go. I want to go. I, like I was telling Denise, visiting old school alone is worth the trip out there, not to mention everything yeah. you just mentioned. So, yeah, I'm down. Anyone who's listening, let's all go meet down. You have six months to save for a ticket. If tickets are, say, $400 round trip, and that's that's going high. You know, six months, you, got, you could save, you know, $100 a month. It's not that hard. Well, it, you know, it it shouldn't be. That's a Starbucks cup of coffee every twice a week. How's that? I think my math is a little off. But you know what? That's not why we're here tonight. <laughs> but we're yeah, not here so, to do math. Okay, here's my question. White Scorpion has done the Warrior Dash in a kilt, utility kilt, for years, yeah. are you are you going to do it again out in Tennessee? Well, I don't know how they feel about men in skirts in Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, Northern California, we're a little more, uh, you know, we're a little more casual about it. <laughs> but yeah, Tennessee. Oh man! But I, I want to go to Tennessee. Once they see your knees, I think once they see your knees, they'll be good with it. You got, you got nice legs. Isn't Tennessee where? Isn't Tennessee where deliverance took place? Oh, Lord, everything's good until you hear a banjo, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but, yeah, seriously, anybody listening in, uh, Misfits for Life, uh, That what's the website, Denise, uh, that they could look at to, if they want to join in and get more info? It's, the website is activeism.com, A-C-T-I-V-E hyphen, ism.com, and uh, we're updating the site with all the details related to the Tennessee trip. It's not been updated. If you go there now, you'll see last year's team. Uh, You'll get a sense of who that core group is. Uh, It looks like most of those people will be joining us again this year based on conversations, and hopefully things work out for all of us and we we can do it. Um, but we'll be updating the website with all the details related to the Tennessee event here in the next week. Okay, so active da- active-ism.com. There you go. There you go. So if anybody wants to join, that would be so cool. Someone's listening in right now and they're going, we're going we're gonna to join. Titus Lupus, you should join us. That would be really cool. There's a real-life superhero who's in the chat room. No geek pile, if I'm going out there, geek pile in the that room is is definitely getting dragged along also so <laughs> oh, nice. I know what, right? both, both halves of the geek file I I think both halves you know if, if we can get if we can get both halves out there that'd be rad that oh absolutely yeah, northern California rad so we have three minutes left co-host what do you think we should well. do with this so I'll tell you what, let me let me just throw something out there. If you're listening in and you're thinking, holy crap, a warrior dash sounds pretty extreme. You know, I, I'm not much of a warrior. I don't really dash too much. How about if we were to remove the running and the obstacle courses and say, could you walk a mile uh, in the middle of the summer? We're not talking <clears throat> inclement weather. We're talking about walking a mile in the summer for charity. And uh, if, the, you know, if that sounds more down your alley, then... We're creating our own event, the Hero Initiative Group and other real-life superhero community and, and various other costumed activist-type groups are creating a charity walk called the Mighty Masked Mile uh, on July 18th, 
which is going to be staggered throughout uh, throughout the USA, throughout various cities that we'll be announcing soon, um, but also in, in London, in Europe as well. So, uh, you know, our idea here is that not only do we do a big event involving lots of people that really costs us nothing and therefore means that 100% of the, the proceeds go to the charities that we, we'll be revealing soon, um, but also that we'll be having just a lot of fun, a lot of people dressed up in costumes, and all of that video blogged and shared on the uh, Mighty Mouse Mile Facebook page as well. So, you know, imagine real-life superheroes, uh, cosplayers dressed up as their favorite superheroes. We've got groups like uh, Jedi groups who want to be involved, you know, maybe some, some other Star Wars charity groups. Um, you know, imagine in your head... Uh, a group marching across the uh, the Tower Bridge in London, followed by guys in the middle of New York, followed by people in Chinatown in San Francisco. I mean, it, it's uh, to me, it sounds like a very good time indeed. Oh yeah, and, and more details. Sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> it does, right? It's just uh, just getting yeah. dressed in a costume, walk for a mile. It's a marked mile, and in you know, in each of these towns. And anyway, oh, we've got one minute left, so we'll give you guys more details on that on our site, as well as any links that we get from um, from Misfit, from our awesome guest and her husband, Greg. Thank you, Denise, and appreciate it so much. Yeah, thank uh, you. Thank you to you guys in the chat rooms. Uh, at the beginning of the show, Spectre was talking about the awesome guests that we have coming up. Um, those shows will be created in the next few days, so you guys can, you got to hear about those people. Um and listen in then too. Until then, I guess uh, Spectre, I'm gonna let you take us out. Well, yeah, well, yeah. Thank you very, very much, uh, Misfit and White Scorpion. I must say, for me, it's been really genuinely enlightening and and motivational. So I, I thank hope you for our listeners as well. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me on. It's an absolute pleasure, and um, I'm happy to help uh, in any way that I can. Thanks. Cool. Just keep With moving. That, Keep moving. Love you guys. Have a good week. We'll talk to you later on. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. (laughs) My music is not working. There we go. There you go. Have a good night, everybody. Have a good week. And you don't look a day over 25. Yeah, right. And Doug's muscles aren't pharmaceutically enhanced. What are you talking about? I need an herb supplement that can be purchased at any health food store. Check this out. <clears throat> Check out these glutes. Rock hard, baby. <clears throat> Pretty sweet, huh? Stop it. You're going to make me throw up on the cake. That's pretty good, huh? I know. See you later, Spectre. (laughs) Take it easy. See ya.